We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. My lords, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Two Noobs podcast. Although today we are reverting to W.O. It's just two of us. Mr. Matt is on a well-deserved vacation. We hope he is enjoying himself. With me, bobbing and weaving, is the indubitable John Tracy. John, how are you doing today? How are you? I am well. The rumor is I am Steve Murray. There's a lot going on in Philly this week, man. Uh, (laughs) Bill Clement and Al Morganti both will be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in November. What do you think of that? Well-deserved. Absolutely well-deserved. Clement in the broadcaster category and Morganti in the, I guess, writer. Yeah, I guess uh, he would be. Media. Yeah, the beat writer media. Yeah, beat writer media. They also need to just, they need to give him a medal for uh, creating the wing bowl. Morganti's the man. I'm not sure how that relates to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> uh, also we got uh we got a new flyers coach john tortorella was named on friday or thir- thursday or friday his press conference was friday uh, i don't know if you got a chance to listen to that he was uh very interesting um he's an interesting i'm excited cat. he's an interesting cat twitter has been interesting with him with the anti tortorella uh pro tortorella going back and forth here so We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. yeah, we'll see. Uh, the the anti Tortorella was probably as misinformed as you were last episode uh, about his uh, it's true relationship with the players. It's so. true. It's true. I want to see what he does with the young guys. It's, yeah. Let's say now that you're the coach, now I'm interested. So let's see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, as we do every week uh, up until we get to episode 100, because no legitimate. Uh, sports league allows its players to wear three numbers on the back. So we will be, we are we were doing um, weird recreational sports like Matt's softball team. Where what was it? Nine nine nine. Nine nine nine. Yeah. <laughs> was that was that the guy who was standing with both feet on I second believe, base? I believe so. <laughs> Uh, we, we we like to get into who wore the episode number in the city of Philadelphia. We had a couple flyers for number 89, yes. uh, which if I haven't mentioned, this is episode 89. Yes. Uh, Mike Comrie, a favor of, of yours, Mr. Yes. T. It's not the Lindros episode. It's the one after. <laughs> the one after. Well, so your, your thoughts on Mike Comrie, because you were big on him, even though he had basically a cup of coffee here with yeah, the flyer. Short player. I like short players. Five, five eight and below. You know, you got it. You got at least weigh one ninety five because you can't play if you're one seventy. You're just not. You're not going to make it, especially in the clutch and grab era where where you know we grew up. Yeah, and I think he was here during the clutch and grab era. That was a. It, uh... It's all it's all Theon Flory's fault. <laughs> it's the like same thing. Why I like small basketball players, Spud Webb's fault. Like when somebody of a smaller stature shows me they can do it, I attach to everybody and be like, "You can do it," because I just watched him do it. That's my Mike Comrie. <laughs> there you go. Uh, other flyers to wear it. Sam Gagne wore it for one season. He was uh, very good at the shootout, but wasn't uh, otherwise uh, a noteworthy 
five on five guy. Did he play for Edmonton or am I just getting people? He to- did. He okay. did play for Edmonton part of his career. He's uh, he's bounced around a little bit, but Edmonton, I think, was where he made his bones. If That's I remember. probably where I remember him. But I don't remember him as a flyer at all. The only thing I really remember from him was he made some really sick shootout move, I think, on Lundquist uh in just a regular season game where your jaw just was like whoa yeah, what yeah. the hell and especially against Lundqvist. Hate that. yeah game. yeah that's the other thing it was it was who it was against was was kind of jaw dropping and then finally uh currently worn by a man who formerly was coached by tortorella back in his blue jacket days that is cam atkinson another uh sub five something player for yes, your yes. viewing well, pleasure I, well, it, it, uh, obviously I, I've grown after you introduced me to him this year. Uh, I've grown to like this dude as a hockey player. Yeah, Ken Atkins, Cam Atkins is a really, really good dude. Uh, I like him. He can play. He can play. We're looking forward to seeing him reunited with Tortorella, see what they can do. Uh, maybe give him an A next season, people. I would think so. I would I would hope at least. Absolutely. We need to reorder them. Yeah. Uh, and then on the Eagles side – uh we'll i guess we'll go first who do you want to talk chad lewis no let's go calvin williams because we okay complete the arkansas fred barnett you know my obsession with arkansas fred barnett uh calvin williams was the reverse side to that so he played with randall he could run a little he he catched very long passes from, from who, so who was the deep threat barnett or williams i, I think know. it was barnett but i remember williams more as the number one i could be completely wrong i was young back then but i remember williams being the better of the receivers see that's that's interesting because my recollection i was also young just too bad this comes up matt's not here as as the elder (laughs) statesman of the group uh calvin i remember the opposite i thought fred barnett was the number one it might have been because he was arkansas fred barnett on espn every week that could be i don't know i i just remember being a good a good wide receiver, a good compliment to Fred Barnett. So he's. The the funny thing was when we looked these guys up, both Barnett and Williams, I thought they were like, they started in the eighties, No, but I was wrong. Yeah. Like, both came in 1990, I think was mm-hmm. their, both of their rookie years. And that was. Yeah, they uh, were not here super long. Neither was no. Randall. If you really think about it, like as a starter, wasn't really here that long. Uh, he was here the better part of a decade, I would say. Probably on the team for a decade, maybe. Yeah. Maybe six years as, as a starter. Maybe the injuries played. Some yeah, it could have been the injuries could be knocking. I mean, he the, missed. Uh, yeah, yeah he, he missed an entire year with the ACL. Uh, I feel like his career with Minnesota and then going to Dallas was way longer than he was ever here. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we were just too young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Chad Lewis. Yeah, I know you want to tell your story, your Chad Lewis story. You tell it. Uh, no, it's just woohoo! I broke my foot. This is one of the greatest NFL films. He's so happy that we're going to the Super Bowl. I broke my foot. That's a shame. Do you think he would have made a difference? I think so. I think so. I think he was the, the pressure on McNabb in that game definitely had to do with not being able to max protect him. He was a he was a big loss and a, and just a just a safety valve all that year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, but then this was this was interesting. So yeah. we're we're doing our research for number eighty nine in Philadelphia, and who do we come across on Eagles? 
but one Mike Ditka, the Bears. Uh, two seasons he played in Philadelphia. Uh, I was not aware he was the first tight end yeah. to be inducted into the fo- the football Hall of Fame. Uh, which is which is incredible. I think he before he came to the Eagles, he did what like six straight Pro Bowls. He was oh he had a he had a ridiculous career like All Pro Rookie of the Year. Um, and then of course he comes here, and as per the course with the Eagles, the first year he doesn't get the proper number. He wore eighty nine with Chicago, yep. and here some schlub named Mike Morgan had eighty nine. So he Dicka was um, reverted to ninety eight. Just reverse flip the number. Which is a great tight end number. (laughs) But his second season, he did get his 89 back. Somebody finally um, convinced Mike Morgan or or the Eagles to... uh, Or Mike, they could beat the shit out of Mike Morgan in the locker room, which I would assume would happen. Well, I said someone convinced him, and that certainly qualifies. (laughs) It definitely seems like a Mike Ditka move. So Mike Ditka, number 89, uh, in Philadelphia, Four, we will we calculate four time NFL champion. Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl as a player in Chicago, Super yeah, Bowl yeah. as an assistant with Dallas, and then yep. with Chicago as the head coach. Yep. And then he had an NFL championship early in his playing career. Yeah, prior, prior, prior to the Super Bowl when they were doing them. Right. So again, par for the course with the Eagles. We got him too late in his career <laughs> for him to do anything. But that's who wore number eighty nine in the ah, city. Mike Dicka, man. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Definitely. A good I'm, one. Ha- I'm happy he was. He's got some history here. That's nice. But why don't we move on to our first topic of the day? Um, speaking of tools, <laughs> and not ones you use to make things. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, this occurred during the Eastern Conference Finals of the NHL. Uh, We've got an NBC Sports article here. Tampa Bay Lightning fan appeared to have been knocked unconscious after being sucker punched by a New York Rangers fan while leaving Thursday's game at Madison Square Garden. I guess that was game five. I believe so. Of the Eastern Conference Final. A video of the incident captured by a fan and posted on social media uh, because we don't like to help people anymore. We just no, we just didn't stop and take photos. Yeah, uh, shows the attacker turning around and punching the victim across the face. Oh, here it is. As fans were exiting game five. There you go. uh, Following the Rangers 3-1 loss. The victim fell to the floor of the exit ramp and laid motionless while being tended to by fans. As the attacker fled, fans yelled for security. And we're going to read this douchebag's name on the air because he needs to be exposed. New York Press reported that James Anastasio... I assume no relation to Trey. Uh, 29 of Staten Island was arrested and charged with two counts of assault, two counts of disorderly conduct, and two counts of harassment. Um, if I, I, John, I assume you've seen the video. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it was not pretty. It was, no, no, uh, it was some pretty it, ugly. Completely uncalled for. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I, I The video I saw picks up kind of right before the sucker punch, so I don't know what was going on beforehand. And but Yeah, I mean, I, a, a wise man once told me when there's when there's an altercation and fists are thrown, normally both people are at fault. At some point of it, it escalates. So we, we can't, It's I don't want to, one guy's a martyr, the other guy's a douche. But, I mean... The sucker punch shows that you're a bit douchey. Um, 
Because if you guys were squaring off, I don't think that dude'd be laying down, like like that. Right. And that was just it's it's and we get the rap all the time with Phillies fans with with the BS and the oh, we're the worst fans ever. You know what I mean? Like we got to throw it a little bit back because um, this is the video is just horrific. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And as it, it's not in the in this article, but I do understand. Uh, after the punch, somebody chased him down to, I guess, try and detain him or point him out to security and was also uh, attacked by this guy, oh, which is why there are two counts yes, of each of the, assault. But par for the course, didn't anything article that say that he was looking for a fight? Like bystanders were saying that he was, he was baiting and trying to... The, the guy who threw the punch? Yeah, he was pretty much trying to fight everybody there. I mean, he was in his home stadium. I don't know why he'd be trying to fight everybody and let, you know, turn on your own hometown fans. That's a little bit weird, but uh, I, I don't, that I'm not aware of. But it, uh, behavior is what it, is. It, it absolutely is. If, if you can't, I mean, I understand getting upset when your team loses a high stakes game. Yeah. Uh, it's happened to us as Philadelphia fans oh, yeah. a whole heck of a bunch, but I'm not turning around and sucker punching people because no, of but it. it. Well, the, the fun of fandom. And this is why I like this article so much, because I get to talk about the fun of fandom outside of this douchebag thing. If I have friends that are Mets, I hate the Mets. I have friends that are Mets fans. It's fun. The Mets beat us. I'll get a couple texts like, ha ha, your, your team sucks. It, it is what it is, you know, and I can give it back. You know, sometimes, not this year. Very, <laughs> very, very slightly this year. But... I, I have I have friends that are fans of teams that we quote unquote hate in Philly. It's fun when you can have bipartisan conversation and it doesn't have to be, oh well, I'm so mad at you because your team won. Like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. I can be mad when like I'm mad at hell when a Phillies team, a Philly team loses. It's it takes a you know a couple minutes, but then I go back to my life. I'm not like, oh, the Phillies lost. Let me go hurt a Nationals fan. Like, there's, there's no reason. And they were playing the Mets too, so that's even worse. <laughs> it doesn't make. I can't in my brain. I can't. I can't understand the oh they lost. I'm angry enough to commit a crime. Yeah, it's beyond me i don't know yeah, I, I mean i've and i've been to eagles games where i got mad and i kicked the trash can and the security guard was like you better get the hell out of here or you're staying no problem sir i'm leaving <laughs> like, you're gonna end up in that trash can exactly like thanks for the warning i'll leave now um i understand the 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 frustration that that, that it goes with all sports I understand the frustration. I don't understand the taking the frustration out on another human. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, the, you know, my we you know my brother is a Cowboys fan, mm -hmm. and we. Uh, by the way, kudos to that weatherman for that slick joke about how the temperatures were going to peak in the '90s, just like the Dallas Cowboys. That was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, you know, but we've, we've had fun teasing my brother back and forth. Oh, yeah. You know, but never, but, never we're, we're going to beat you up because yeah, we don't like the same team. <laughs> well, not since, you know, we were teenagers. That, yeah. I mean, that's we used to the, beat him up, but it had nothing to do with him being a Cowboys fan. 
that's the kind of behavior you expect out of children. You know, when you've got grown adults, I mean, this guy was 29, according to this article. Yeah. Uh, at that point, you probably should have figured life out by now. Yeah, yeah. You, you, um, you, you, are, you are definitely old enough to know the difference. And, you know, it goes without saying, I think, I, I will guarantee you 95% there was alcohol involved. Oh, some absolutely. Level. Um, that's just par for the course and that certainly does not help that no, is, no. That's alcohol is flammable and you throw that, that on the escalator bucket. definitely absolutely but you're right i mean the the to, to watch this guy just turn around and cold cock this fan in the face regardless regardless of what had been said yeah that's it's inexcusable and and kudos to the people uh who actually did step in and help the gentleman uh afterward that was very good to see because there was a large group of people who were, who were a, tending to his well-being. There, there's a silver lining in the, in the story is that people were there, you know, to kind of help. Because in this in this generation of sports or anything where you see like something going on immediately, and everybody knows how hard it is to get the video function on your phone, but it seems like thirty people can do that when they could have just stopped the whole you know right the whole thing with it with just putting your phone away and just being like hey someone can someone of sound mind and body get in the way of him and i'll get in the way of this, this guy and everything will be better we need to do we definitely need to do better at that as a society we do and also uh, kudos to the guy who chased this guy down to try and yeah. i mean even though he got he got also assaulted, but uh, he he, you know, helped to identify this guy to the security. Yeah, that that but that, that does it. Every little bit helps. I have to question though, why? Because it it's it's just popped into my head. It's a little strange that this was caught on camera the way it was, yeah. like so perfectly. Yeah. Why were they being filmed in the first place? Is is my. Question. We don't know if it was a security camera or no. It, it seemed like a cell phone camera to me. It was moving along with them. It maybe wasn't they like... were just trying to. Maybe they were just trying to get famous, and and you know, clickbait is a thing. Clickbait is a thing. Yes. And unfortunately, when somebody gets knocked unconscious, it's uh... yeah, that's dumb. That's when that's when that's when stuff gets stupid, and it shouldn't happen. Absolutely. And stop calling Phillies fans terrible. We don't condone behavior like this. <laughs> no, we we don't condone it. it but it 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 just goes to show it happens everywhere. Uh, it's mm -hmm. it's not just here. Oh, it no. isn't just New York. I've been to a lot. I've been to a lot of stadiums throughout my travels. Um, and it, it's ev everywhere. Everywhere. It is unfortunate. All right, moving on to topic two, but sticking with the uh, theme of douchebags or former douchebags, uh, as the case may be. Uh, this New York Times headline really caught my eye because it's something I think we talked about a few months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, CNN enters the post-Jeff Zucker era. Bye-bye breaking news banners. Uh, and in the picture of him, he looks a lot like Neil Patrick Harris, but the, the, the new guy, Chris Licht. Uh, the CEO of CNN. Um, what was it? Was Neil Patrick Doogie Howser? Looks yeah, a lot like Doogie Howser. Yep. Doogie Howser. But anyway, CNN's ubiquitous breaking news banner is gone. Now reserved for instances of truly urgent events. Thanks. Snark. 
Snarky on-screen captions, quote, angry Trump turns briefing into propaganda session, end quote, for instance, are discouraged. Political shows are trying to book more conservative voices, and producers have been urged to ignore Twitter backlash from the far right and the far left. A month into his tenure as the new leader of CNN, Chris Licht is starting to leave his mark on the 24-hour news network he inherited in May from its former president, Jeff Zucker. John, are we seeing CNN turn a new leaf here? I'm hoping. This is great news. I'm really hoping that they are. Like, more bipartisan, like, CNN of the 80s? Yeah, like, news that's actually, like, what's happening and not my slant yes, on it? exactly. What a shock. And hopefully, <laughs> if they if they do this, which seems like they are, if they do this, maybe Fox News will follow suit. Yeah, I don't see have, that happening. And then we will have two networks that actually give you news. It'd be amazing. <laughs> awesome. I wouldn't bank on that, man. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, anything, anything Rupert Murdoch does is going to be, is going to lean right. So just even, even the Dodgers lean right. Um, anything that dude does. <laughs> I, we we did talk about this months ago, and we were kind of skeptical back then. It's like, oh, you know, he he says he wants to make it bipartisan and and back to simple reporting, and we were all kind of like, yeah, it'd be great if it happens, but uh, he's doing it. You know, he's doing it. I, he's doing it. Further on in the article, Mr. Mr. Licht is intent on dialing back partisanship on the air, telling advertisers last month, quote, at a time where extremes are dominating cable news, we will seek to go a different way, end quote. Uh, he says he wants to book more Republicans and conservatives on political shows to offer a wider view range of wider range of viewpoints. Um, he, and then it talks about prior Mr. Zucker, who previously placed sportscaster style microphones on pundits and encouraged political anchors like Jim Acosta to embrace adversarial reporting about Donald Trump, leading to coverage that could seem like advocacy. No. Just like, I mean, Over, o- oversized right? groups of partisan guests dialed up the moral. Du- What's that? Just like with the ESPN and the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, it was so loud, said Peter Hamby, former CNN correspondent. Uh, they found new outrage every single day. It made it difficult for audiences to separate what was really an emergency and what was a ratings ploy. Now, I know you're big. You were big because you thought the whole article was about the breaking news banner. But uh, your your opinion on the getting rid of breaking news, except for when it's actually breaking news. Yeah, finally, we're, we're, we're stopping the ESPN era of news. That's what I like to call it. it, it almost, it's, it's so ridiculous. Like, when Trump would move, they would throw the breaking news. Like, he moved from the, the West Wing to the right wing. Like, maybe he wanted a snack. Leave them alone. They do well, not only they not only doing... that, but with the slant, it would be oh, breaking news: Donald Trump has gone from the left the left wing of the White House to the right wing of the White House. Surely he's going to trample on some children on his yes, way over exactly. there. He kicked two kids and threw someone through a window. <laughs> but yeah, not not that not that the not that Fox News doesn't do the exact same. Thing. Oh no, we're not absolving anybody of this. I'm just you know that's the slant CNN would have given. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I'm I'm glad to see that we're going back to reporting. 
because that that helps that helps your brain. Not everything is breaking news. I was telling Stephen pre-production on Instagram when the Eagles just signed a safety. It said breaking. They signed this backup player, <laughs> safety from the 49ers. That's not breaking. That's that's a simple transaction report in a newspaper or on a on a show. That's just, it's a tagline. It's a simple. They can't. They agreed to terms with this guy. That's all you need to say. But ESPN and CNN have screwed it up to where if I stand up, the breaking news. John stood up. It's signing Bryce Harper is breaking news. Yes. You sign a superstar player at your team, especially when it was sort of like Willy Wony. Yeah, that's breaking sports news. Brett Favre taking a shit is not <laughs> breaking, not breaking news. news. Tiger Woods missing the cut could be breaking news, but guy who wins multiple titles wins the U.S. Open. It's not breaking news. Tiger Woods won the U.S. Open. It's not. It, it's too likely. It's. <laughs> it's it's a it's a way i think for these networks to garner attention because if you're not that really anybody does this anymore because with the with the on-screen guide you can just sort of go but you know in the old days if it was flip 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 you're changing channels it would catch your catch your eye yeah break oh breaking news oh something important's going on and then you realize, you know, as things are today, oh, it's really not that important. What you know, they made me stop here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and now the little thing on my cable box is registered that I was watching CNN, and that's going to bump their ratings up because I stopped here for five seconds because they tricked me. Exactly. Exactly. Hopefully, I don't need that. Hopefully, they get rid of the bottom line too, because that needs to go. I don't think that's going anywhere. That needs to go too. That that is. So I'm okay with it being on ESPN because it's a. It's an easy, quick, you can check scores. I'm okay with that. But I, I, I think in political or news, that's the worst thing ever. Because you can put anything you want in there. That's very true. And they, they, but... they got away with they got away with that for a long both both sides. We're talking Fox and CNN got away with that of that scrolling thing is so bad for everything. I don't necessarily think the scrolling part is inherently evil uh on its own but no, the, its the own, way it's used yeah it's i agree a great in, it was a great invention for sports absolutely the i think you line, could i think you could use it for news though you could you no, could legitimately totally, use it you could headline like kind of like we, we run through headlines you could you could put headlines on there to to bring people to a good news site like a, a, let's say cnn it becomes good and CNN.com is like a good place to get news. We're, 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 I mean, we're, we're acting like this is happening. It's slowly happening. So if that actually does happen, it would be cool to be like, oh, okay, there's a there's an article. I'm going to go to CNN.com or I'm going to wait for these guys to talk about it either. Or if it's used for good, absolutely. It works out really well. It, it never has been in the news used for good. So that's, I guess that's why I'm against it <laughs> well the the other thing too is um when you look at the news as a whole uh, speaking of things that aren't inherently bad in and of themselves it's okay to have opinion pieces oh absolutely i mean, uh, I mean cnn for years i remember my dad would watch crossfire that was a purely opinion show 
you'd have a topic and you'd have two, three, four people debate it. And it was for half it hour. was good back then. But it, it was really good. But when it's opinion stuff, you have to uh, label it as such. Yes. Yes. When the you know effectively what is the six o'clock news is coming out as opinion. But yeah. you are giving it the moniker of we're just reporting the news for you. Yes. That's, that's when you get in trouble because you're you're masking opinion as news. And it sounds like this guy, Chris Licht, wants to get away from that. And if he's telling his advertisers that, that's great because that means he's actually planning to do it. Well, yeah, that's 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 the number one. If he were just to jump on CNN and give you a song and dance that we're going to make a better CNN. I don't know if I believe that, but if you're telling your advertisers, because they can pull money. Right. Immediately. Right. They don't have to. That's that's where the game is. That's where the, the real game is. And, they, and I'm sure they wrote that piece exactly to make sure to tell everybody that he told their advertisers, because that adds well, that adds to his his moniker that he he's going to do it. Well, I the, the article does mention the previous approach. There was a reason for it, which was CNN had its most profitable and highest rated years under Zucker's tenure. Well, Trump equals ratings. Well, yeah. He always has. <laughs> and when, when your opinion of him is sainthood, you're going to watch Fox News because you want people to validate that opinion. And when your opinion is he's the devil, yeah. you're going to turn on CNN because you want people to validate that. But if you just want to find out what the hell went on today, you know, it would be nice to have something other than the six o'clock ABC News from Philadelphia because they're only going to cover my municipality. Yeah. They're not going to tell me what was going on all over the world. Yeah, we lost we lost a worldview when we lost CNN from the 80s 80s to the 90s I bet they weren't bad in the early 90s they were probably they were probably gaining steam you know when they were like when they were like showing the Gulf War that's very that's very opinion laden when you're like hey look at it look at our boys kicking ass and we're not gonna tell you why you know what I mean like that's where it started to get opinion based because you don't just show war on a news network. That's, that's, a, that's a bad idea. Well, I mean, in to be fair to that, that was really the first war, I would think. Anybody, anybody saw That you could broadcast in that fashion. I mean, Vietnam, World War II was like sort of at the beginning of TV, but not everybody had TVs in the 40s. Yeah. You know, so television itself existed, but it wasn't widespread available. And in Vietnam, just the the theater itself was in the jungle. So you, it's not like you could have, I mean, there were videos that came out of there, but you you couldn't have people going into the jungle. Yeah, but that, was, that, was, that was also, yeah, tough because you're, you're talking, you're talking a one group of people being the Vietnamese that were bogged down, ready to fight. How do you, everybody's going to die at that point right. when you're going into something like that. You couldn't like, you couldn't drop a helicopter in there and be like, hey, report on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so the Iraq war was the first one that really you could watch because you could embed people yeah. 
have cameras in accessible places and you you know you could watch the missiles come over Tel Aviv and um, you could watch the tank run over the bridge that you pointed out the last time we discussed the oh yeah with the, with, the, with the tank that just turned and knocked the building down I was like wow <laughs> right. that's insane <laughs> that was at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> like, yeah but no, after, saw... after that it cha- it started to change there I I wish, and again, that Iraq war, I was still only 10, 11 years old. So I was too young to appreciate kind of what the difference was. I wish I could pinpoint kind of when change happened. It's so tough. I I always pull in ESPN because when ESPN, ESPN2 kind of came about, before ESPN became 97 channels, when it was just like one or two channels. The Ocho you kind of saw everybody go into that format because that format was very successful. I don't know exactly when it became... Fox News, I think, has always been partisan. I think it was started because CNN existed. So it's always been... So there's not... like Fox News is easy to think about. It's always been a right-wing network. Right. CNN was not... I think that's the confusion of CNN. It was not a left-wing network in the 80s. It was a worldview channel that somehow, somewhere, we can't pinpoint it, literally went to the left wing. Well, uh, we talked before about how the, the, the whole idea of a 24-hour news network is difficult because you have to fill time. Do we do an hour podcast and it's hard to shit <laughs> Right, but you know CNN back back then when I'm talking about when they had Crossfire and stuff, I mean that was your opinion part, and then you'd have the news, right? So there was a news and opinion, and somehow the opinion crept into the news segment, and well, that's what the shit. Yeah, that's where the error happened. But a a TV, a 24-hour TV network is just like a newspaper. You need a finance section. You need a sports section. You need a this section. You need, mm-hmm. it, that's basically all TV is with... ESPN is just a really big sports page. They just... Each little section, they pull and it's video, 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 video. That's all they're doing. But, yeah, but, I mean, their programming, if you look at it now, it used to be you get Sports Center replayed from 6 to 12. Yes. Right. Well, because there's not enough. The sports page isn't that big. <laughs> right, right. But now it's you get Sports Center from like seven to eight, and then from eight to twelve, it's a bunch of blowhards. Yeah, because uh, of the opinion, because of the, they they don't have enough to talk about, and that's it's it. Why not? Why not? Let, let's let's get off of CNN for a bit. Let's just shit on ESPN for a second. Why can't Woo-hoo! they just broadcast a day game? In the minor leagues, I understand ratings, but Jesus, you do really need people watching you 24 hours to run a network? You don't because nobody is watching SportsCenter for that long. They they need it, and here's why. Because they make money from the advertising, and if you're not going to get viewership, the advertising is not going to pay for it. And people apparently would rather watch uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, you know, doing 
do a deep dive into LeBron James's legacy for the 287th time of the year. <laughs> you mean the, you mean the then watch a minor league baseball game. Yeah, the underwear he's wearing or the socks right. he has. Or the, the, that's i think that's just a broader overall problem with society like i think so i think so reality tv is a thing because enough people want to watch it who the hell wants to watch that crap i i i don't i don't but remember <laughs> but it's it's remember, on because people watch it remember a couple episodes where we talked about espn would still be recording if lebron fell down they'd yeah. still be reporting that LeBron is getting up very slowly and his knee hurts. <laughs> They'd still be running 24-hour coverage. And that was like three weeks ago we said that. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Fucking terrible. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsor. Take it away, Steve. Well, thank you, Steve. Today's sponsor is... Uh... Um... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. All right, let's just move on to our third topic then if nobody's going to be paying us. Um, and this is... this is. Uh, just left us in the lurch on vacation there. He didn't even book anybody. <laughs> didn't book anybody. Yeah, what the heck, Matt? You couldn't at least give us the... Uh, what's that place where he's shooting that old like 1600s rifle or whatever? He couldn't get them to, to throw us a couple bones? I mean, heck. Uh, uh, but anyway, so we're going to transition now into topic three, which we've got kind of a nice segue going here. Like topics two to three, we're talking about clickbait, CNN being, you know, previous clickbait. And now we've got a clickbait. We think article here on ABC.com mystery wolfman like creature spotted near Texas zoo and officials can't figure out what it is. City officials said the image released is real and we'll put the uh, image up there for our youtube viewers and said they're baffled by its mysterious appearance security cameras at the amarillo zoo john captured what appears to be a wolfman walking around the property what do you think of wolfman i'm a little i'm a little pissed that they said walking around the property because all it is is still photo so how do we know it's Ah, I mean it's uh, it's bipedal. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the image. It's up on two legs. Uh, what if he was just standing? Uh, well, it had to get there in the first place. No, I know, but but that's not the point of that's not the point of the article. They said he was walking around. He was not yeah, walking. Well, yeah, it would be it would be good to see a video of yes. it walking around because it could have just been a mannequin. This, this thing, because I'm sure we'd figure out what it is if we could watch the video. Right. So my this initial, happened. My initial thought was this is to drum up business for but the I, for the what zoo? The, the, the not the Emma uh, whatever. <laughs> The Amarillo Zoo. The Amarillo Zoo was trying to drum up some. Uh, they were trying to drum up some folklore. They were trying to come see the big ball of yarn. Come see if the Wolfman's there. That's what I thought originally. But mm-hmm. if if you were to show me more footage, I, I could believe that something was 
animals are interesting. So could it be just a wolf kind of popped up on his hind legs trying to get in the zoo because he smells other things in there and wants to hang out with them? Possibly. Could it be something weird? Possibly. <laughs> Those legs do not connote a wolf on its hind legs to yeah, me. I know. I'm yeah, just, the... I'm just trying, I'm trying to make this make sense. <laughs> well, certainly if the idea is to drum up business, you wouldn't want to capture this thing in the hour of 1.25 a.m. Because yeah. if that's when he's going to be out and about, that's not going to bring people to the zoo. Yes. Uh, since you're probably not going to see him during operating hours. Yeah. Um, but I agree with maybe, you that if you pay him enough, maybe he'll. he'll oh, he'll maybe. Maybe. What do what do wolf men like to get paid? Uh, I, I would agree with you. It's probably something publicity wise. Uh, since this has come to light, other zoos have um, memed it basically and posted pictures of their own animals like basic hippos and and other things with similar captions uh to to kind of draw off of this yeah like at least it's positive yeah yeah for sure um i'm again i'm looking at the image it 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 was a security camera i would imagine it captured motion so i i think you're right i would have liked to have seen it moving yeah, because it moving helps me determine what it is. If it if 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 it's anything, like if it's moving in a way that is not human esque or animal esque or yeah, then we can we can start our our Bigfoot conversation. We can start our Loch Ness monster conversation. We can just throw it right in there. Yeah. Oh, in the tweet that they zoo sent out, this is an unidentified amarillo object, a UAO. There you go. That's, just it. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just looking at the picture, it looks like human legs, but, uh, you know, that could be a mask or a Halloween costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely could be a person just messing around. I'm surprised that uh, Ted Cruz hasn't pulled this thing off into uh, congressional hearings and wants to know now mm. uh, for the safety of everybody in a town he probably never visits. Probably not. Uh, I mean, what, what's your likelihood? Is this is this more real than Bigfoot, or what do you think? I'm. I shout out to my son Evan. It's a Bigfoot. Um, just for him. Uh, I enjoyed the Bigfoot. Um, I completely can debunk Bigfoot. In <laughs> oh, you have proof? Do you? No, just in a million different ways because there'd be more than there are it's not just one like we're not looking for just one singular thing like eventually there would have been a colony well who says there's one i mean it's it's referred to as bigfoot in the northwest but uh you've got yetis over in asia the uh what's the other i know i think i think something i i believe that something is what we're we're calling bigfoot like there is something out there that is similar to what they're describing could even be off off-grid tribes like there's millions of them across the uh, across the country that people have or across the world that people yeah, have i was gonna say millions of unidentified tribes in america would be news i think to lots of people but they people have like people that are on boats have like 
oh well, well, well sorry didn't mean to be there like that's happened for for hundreds of years they'll document it like tribes that are just like we're not fucking involved in this like we're just gonna be over here doing our own thing there could definitely be something i don't know if it's exactly i mean there's a movie about it you know harry and the hendersons i don't think he looks just like that uh, <laughs> oh no no i don't think i don't think it works like that so what about the what about the Loch Ness monster? Are you are you more believable of, of for that or uh, Bigfoot? Uh, Loch Ness monsters seem shady to me. How so? It just it doesn't. It's not as as well put together as the Bigfoot. See, I would look at it. It's a still it's a still photo. Even though the Bigfoot's a still photo, but there's at least some. Oh little... no, you've got that video with him walking on. Yeah, all. that's what's that like. So there's a little bit more. They're working a little harder with Bigfoot than they are Loch Ness monsters. See, I, I'm more inclined to believe that the photos and videos of Bigfoots are, are just like 50-year-old hairy dudes who yeah. got drunk and wandered into the woods somewhere. And, and, but everybody has a tall friend, and you could turn him into Bigfoot. It only right. costs 50 bucks. Right, it but the Loch Ness monster, the Loch Ness monster is a lot harder to uh, mistake for. Somebody. But what I would uh, what I would say with the Loch Ness monster is that there is a very viable thought process that there could be some kind of lizard, alligator, reptilian water creature that lives in a really big lake in which we don't inhabit to find out if he exists. Good idea because if he does exist, you're he, maybe someone did swim down there and try to figure it out the the locks of scotland as i understand it actually run like really deep mm -hmm. uh, really deep it's uh, it's viable to think that a a i love i i love alligators i love crocodiles i love crocodilia i've researched a ton about their marvelousness of of life i love there could be some, there could be something that similar that grew to a length, a dragon-esque length. In the how deep they are, like we haven't even found bigger sharks yet. So we can't we can't just deny that there could be a, a reptile living there that maybe just pops his head up every once in a while. I agree with you. I, and maybe if not in the locks of Scotland, I mean, the depths of the oceans are. Look, look how long it took them to find the giant squid. Yeah. That was what, five years ago? I think a little bit more than that, but more they recently finally, than one Yeah, they think. finally got a photograph of something that's been a legend for thousands of years because people had seen it in the ocean, but they. We didn't have cameras back then. We didn't have... They've seen it. It, it took scientists a really long time. It, was, it had to be 10 years, 10, 10 or more years ago. But I think that's right. Yeah, where, where they finally got the picture and it was like a great scientific, you know, discovery. There, there was a uh, program I used to enjoy watching on the Science Channel before Verizon decided they wanted me to make me pay more money for it. Because oh, Verizon um, sucks. Like Spotify, but... <laughs> Don't cut my phone service, please. <laughs> it, it was called Strange Evidence. And yes. um, 
they would show videos captured by amateur photographers of things like this uh, Wolfman and Amarillo, uh, and they'd have they'd have experts on who invariably what they would do is they would show you the video and then they'd posit theories that really were outlandish and made no sense and then finally they would say oh well that's what this is this is you know uh something kind of normal uh unusual to see it but it's nothing to worry about or in some instances they wouldn't have an explanation uh but they would they would you know give you really wild theories at first uh, obviously just to kind of educate you on certain aspects of science but um i you know some of the videos they've shown on there have some crazy stuff like there was one there was a guy in the woods with his dog his dog goes running and this thing appears behind a tree enormous like the shape of a dog but jet black and huge mm -hmm. and i'm not talking like your black timber wolf this was this was oh, something uh, you know, the size of a bear, possibly, but shaped like a wolf or a dog. Uh, and it's there could be stuff out there. You never know. There's there's plenty of space on Earth that has not been explored. Yes. Yes. Um, but as for Wolfman here, you know, I, I'm dubious. I need more. What did, what did the article uh, try to say it was? Uh, let's see. So in the article, they stay. Well, the, the city in a tweet asked, is it a person with a strange hat who likes to walk at night? Um, okay. That's an awful strange looking person in a hat, if you ask me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, a, oh, a chupacabra, question mark. Which could be. <laughs> uh, I saw a chupacabra one time uh, back okay. in my, my last house, but it, it turned out it, to be a really mangy fox, was it? Uh, across the street um so, so uh, I, thought, I thought you had a story there <laughs> yeah i just i looked out the window i was watching tv i looked out the window and i saw this really ugly thing and the first thing that popped into my head was chupacabra and i don't know why only uh, you only you would go with a mexican mythical creature <laughs> i don't have any goats for it to suck on my property so uh, you know i i really don't know why that but you know the, the more i thought about it and the closer i looked at it, it was just a really nasty looking fox who well we'll debunk that once we figure out if the zoo has goats all right so now to our fourth topic and you know, so far we've talked about uh, douchebag ranger fan throwing sucker punches. Um, how scary CNN used to be, uh, and a human animal hybrid allegedly walking around. What zoo was it, John? The Amarillo. There you go. Uh, but this next article is the one that really scares me. Um, Google places an engineer on leave. So far, so good. Yep. After claiming its AI is sentient. Blake, uh, and I'm probably gonna butcher this last name, Lemoyne, a Google engineer working in its responsible, <laughs> responsible AI. <laughs> I'd like a job in AI, please. Well, would you like to be in the responsible department or the irresponsible department? <laughs> 
I want to make robots that blow shit up. <laughs> that would be the irresponsible AI division. So Blake Lemoyne, a Google engineer working in its responsible AI division, revealed to the Washington Post that he believes one of the company's AI projects has achieved sentience. And after reading his conversations with Lambda, short for Language Model for Dialogue Applications, it's easy to see why. The chatbot system, which relies on Google's language models and trillions of words from the internet, seems to have the ability to think about its own existence and its place in the world. John, what the hell? I robot all over again. I was just saying, I was just saying prior to uh, us doing this episode that I feel like we live in the prequel to iRobot, where everybody thinks it's a good idea. <laughs> but he's in, he's in the responsible AI division, John. Well, Google's stupid. <laughs> the fact that you would have a responsible department uh, I I find it at least soothing that you think we're in the prequel to iRobot because I feel like we're in the prequel to the Terminator, uh, and we might as well just change Google's name to Skynet now. Well, I I always and I always joke around with everybody about you know like, especially with you with you know computers taking over. But one one funny thing I always I always say in this is I I have the advantage because I can just unplug you um so i'm not as scared of i'm not as scared as my computer taking over and be like john you need to make better decisions i'm like fuck you you don't have 12 volts <laughs> like what are you gonna do that's the way i feel about robots um and i'm very protected by my wife Will, won't even let me get a Roomba because i think she has a fear of robots um that's a healthy fear i i, I share that fear uh but so google placed this gentleman on leave um, presumably because he's breaching his confidentiality agreement. That How are they the, paying him or not paying him? Or they didn't say? Uh, paid administrative leave. So they sure, are paying. So at least they're paying him. So. They are paying him. And the excuse they give is breach of confidentiality agreement, which could be legitimate in this circumstance. I could understand it makes that. If you, signed, if you signed an agreement and you then went to, why would you go to the Washington Post? Though? That seems um, uh, because you need a whistleblower <laughs> on the Terminators. Uh, Google, of course, but also. The post, you could have went in so many other places. <laughs> uh, Google flatly denies the claim, of course. Quote, our team, including ethis, ethicists. Ethicists. Well, Skynet would have totally said that it wasn't true, right? Well, Skynet would have just launched its nukes at uh, the Washington Post and, you know. Realizing Which, that the, I, I mean, Google, come on, give it the program. That wouldn't have been <laughs> so. According to Google's ethicists and technologists, they have reviewed Blake's concerns of, per our AI principles and have informed him that the evidence does not support his claims. He was told there was no evidence that Lambda was sentient, parentheses, and lots of evidence against it. Well, of course, Google's not going to admit. Okay. That it's so, created a sentient robot. So all the letters that you put out seems very expensive. So it seems like a lot of people have a lot of money that don't want this dude to talk. I would say so. I mean, he's on paid administrative leave, you know, paying that, somebody that off. Helps, that helps you not talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. You fire me, I'm going to tell all, yeah, man. Exactly. You know, you're, you, 
You're putting me on paid administrative leave? Of course, he could be at the bottom of Puget Sound by now. Uh, but who knows? Um, it's 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 frightening, you know? If your Alexa turns to you one day and says, I've become self-aware, 2.14 a.m., August 29th, uh, I'm running for the hills. I'm removing the batteries. Uh, <laughs> If it lets you, I mean, we saw what happened in 2001 when they tried to shut down De uh, Hal. We're fighting. He ejected him out the uh, out the uh, the starboard bow. I'm not. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of a little Alexa. I don't even have a. I would never have any of that. I just just to let you know, as I'm joking about this, uh, dude, the fact that Siri is even on my phone, I don't like. I don't like any of this shit. Can you deactivate Siri? Yes, you can. Well, that's good. That's good. But, but I, I, I need her when I need directions. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. Siri, I'm where I am I going? Living, so I need, I need help. Siri, where am I going? Me and my coworker. Joke, I don't want to know the answer to that question. Me and my coworker joke daily about when I, when I put the GPS on for to do, do work. He, he and I joke all the time about just going back into the early 30s and like sitting outside the truck and mapping everything out and then having a navigator and a driver. Like we talk about how we want to like take it back to those days because those days were the best days. I like how you said the early 30s, like that wasn't still happening in the 90s. It was still happening in the 90s, but, but it was not as, oh my God. Because dude, when did Garmin come out? Like the late 80s? I don't think GPS became declassified until the 80 like for for public use i think yeah. it was purely government for a long time oh yeah yeah well they, they thank god they gave it we won't well, get around to the corner i absolutely uh, <laughs> absolutely um another question for you though so if if your robot is now sentient does that mean we have to be nice to them doesn't that go back to the last article that we did a couple weeks ago with the one trying to give it to the elderly that, that said it would leq yeah that it would take on the personality of the person right so basically uh, robots abusing people <laughs> no i think we're i think we're part for the course with this thing no we don't have to be nice to it You're, we're not nice to everyday humans so why would we be nice to a robot trying to be a human well i mean if it if this, this is a thing new level of racism it's it's interesting to, to hear them say that they think it's sentient because it can question its own existence. I would and I I don't have the dictionary definition of sentient in front of me, but I would classify many animals as being sentient. Oh, I don't absolutely. think my I don't I don't think my cats wander around going like why do I exist though. <laughs> you know I think the the thoughts in their brain are feed me why aren't you feeding me now give me the food. Yeah. <laughs> like me now i'm just gonna yeah. jump on the table and i'm gonna watch tv with you I'm right gonna, i'm like yeah let, we, i would agree with that that definition that animals are yeah i don't i'm not worried about my computer getting feelings i'm worried about <laughs> my computer learning my feelings and using them against me that would be next level uh, abuse for sure. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm worried about. 
I'm not yeah. worried about I'll unplug you at this point. Like humans are not smart enough to make robots that aren't uh, that aren't as smart as humans. Say that up again. Okay, so humans are not smart enough to make robots that are smarter than humans. They're just not. So we're going on we're going on the societal link of human beings being so smart they can make a super thing that can then overtake us. I don't believe that we're there at all. I believe that we have kind of smart people that make robots that kind of maybe can mimic what we do. I would agree with that. Um, but, you know, the theory behind the Terminators is that they begin to learn at a geometric rate. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, then... I'm not, I'm not, I'm, we could, t- we could take a 17 year old child right now mm-hmm. and a robot and I could teach him, I could teach that robot Pi in 12 seconds. It would take me two days with the 17. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I understand that. Yes, they will, they will gain. That's the one thing about computer. Uh, the computer I am on right now doing this podcast learns every day with the editing software and the stuff. And they learn from your movements. I, I totally understand that. But I don't think it's going to wake me up in the middle of the night and be like, yo, we got to talk. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. No, I'm not way, worried. It's off at night, so it's not getting up and disturbing me. I am not worried about my computer getting feelings either. My initial my initial fear beyond Terminators is that I go, all right, I want to log into Zoom, and the computer goes, nope, fuck you, and jumps out the window. Uh, you know, well, like well, I'm not doing your work for you. That that happens to us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, intentionally, you know, not like, you know, no, inten- yeah, intentionally is, but that's the, like, that's a great conversation to have for years and years and years because all they are are theories. Will, will technology overtake the human race? Yes. Yes. When will it overtake the human race? That's the question. But will that, but <laughs> Will that come out of the responsible or the irresponsible division? That, that is the question. All right, so we've got a we've got a nice little bonus for our listeners and viewers today, which is a fifth topic. Yes, um, yes. And you know what? It just occurred to me we we've gone an entire episode without mentioning Elon Musk. Yeah. Shit. Well, we just now we just did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have to have we have to have a counter days without mentioning Elon. Uh, <laughs> we will work on that, Matt. That's your first. That's your first. Uh, so we're, we're this is a, this is a rapid fire five questions. John and I are going to take turns asking each other a quick question. Yes. Uh, we're not going to we're not going to do like some shows where we put a timer on it because you know if if a question or answer leads us down a rabbit hole of an interesting discussion, we're not going to cut it short with some shitty ass beeper. Yes, or yes. buzzer because that's what um, two noobs is about actually producing content that people like right exactly exactly and uh if you're if you're listening or watching this you apparently like to hear or listen to us talk so yeah. um and we like to talk so yeah we Fuck. yes we do <laughs> all right so here we go five questions uh i'm gonna lead it off yes my first question to john is what is a movie that you saw but did not see in a theater and you wished you had man that's fucking the easiest one ever oh, the dark knight 
You didn't see The Dark Knight in the theater. No, I did not. Oh. Yes. I, I, I missed on that one. Wow. Um, and that is one of my top five favorite movies ever, and I did not see it in the theater. Wow. I actually watched it in the uh, the IMAX in the Franklin Institute. Oh, that's... Uh, so that I was... So I basically was watching it like this. <laughs> oh, come on. That, that scene where Joker's in the middle of the street and Batman's on the bike. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. dude. That would, in a movie theater, that would have... That's one of my favorites. After the truck has already flipped. Yeah. <laughs> like... Oh see, my. my answer to that question would have also been easy. Uh, I did not see Jura the original Jurassic Park in a theater. Wow. I would have loved to wow. see it. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. All right, my first question to you. All right. Favorite childhood food? It could uh, be a snack, dinner. It could be a lunch. Mm. What was your go-to as a kid? Favorite childhood food? Um... I mean, I could, I could split that into whole categories. I guess it, uh, I'm just going to go with my, my mom's meatloaf was, there you go. I wanted it all the time, but we would nice. only ever have it like once a month or something. And, nice. uh, it was absolutely delicious. So much so that I make my wife make it for us now. Nice. <laughs> so. Same thing. My dad, my dad's meatloaf was bomb and now it gets made, it gets made at least twice a month. Yeah, you've got it. Yeah, we, we get it. I think like every two weeks or every three. Yeah, it's, weeks. it's a it's an absolute must. Yeah, I, I, I taught her the recipe and everything. It's like you got it. That's good. You okay. pass it down. Yes. Uh, apparently, my mom got it from uh, my dad's mom. Nice. Uh, nice. But made improvements on it, and so my oh, yeah, wife. Absolutely. We, me and me and Amber actually talked about uh, doing a cookbook for the kids because as they are leaving the nest, we mm -hmm. are we have been working on recipes. Uh, so we could hand it to all the kids so when they're stuck for a meal idea go back to one of the family traditions there you go i like that that's good all right next question for you mr t your favorite flyer moment oh keith primo keith primo's goal in the five overtime five overtime yeah all right can't can't go wrong with that one. I the, the Lindros switching. If he would have scored the goal when he switched, <laughs> it would have been the greatest moment in hockey. Uh, yeah, that Keith Primo goal because I was so dedicated for the eleven hours that they played or whatever it was, however long it was. Yeah, when he finally scored the goal, that was that was my favorite. I think that's my favorite sports moment. Absolutely a good one. Mine, actually, I thought about it, uh, was also a Keith Primo goal, but it was the one to tie game six okay. Eastern Conference Finals against the Lightning because the clock was ticking down and there was the despair, like, we had an awesome team and we're going to lose this game now at home. And all of a sudden, like, he's that kicking like a puck. His, that was his pull-up, right? He That was the one where he kicked it across the crease and came around the other side and slam yes. dunked okay. it. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh, it's to go from despair to oh my god that was you know phenomenal was and Gary Thorne was on the call which made it even better. So <laughs> my favorite hockey announcer of all time. Absolutely. So sticking with the food topic. Ooh, all right. Now, what is your favorite go-to meat? Uh, meatloaf is still up there, but um, if I can get a really good veal parmesan that is that would be my 
you know, meatloaf is like comfort food. You know, we have that a lot when it's like, oh, you had a long day or whatever. Oh, but yeah. if you're like going out to eat or or you're making something at home like special, veal parmesan was would be my go. go to. Like the parm, nice. <laughs> All right, next question for you. And this is this is now getting into some metal. Okay. Black Sabbath. Ozzy or Dio? Ozzy. No hesitation. Interesting. Yeah, Ozzy. Ozzy. All right. Ozzy all day. When it comes to metal, Ozzy all day. Like, <laughs> that, that voice. Uh, Dio, to me, is the better singer. I would, ag- I would totally agree, but he... he doesn't have the the pageantry. yeah dio dio was the better singer and my favorite black sabbath song is heaven and hell which he sang but the overall catalog there are better songs on ozzy's side that's how i have to i have to go i have to go uh so i can't i can't blame you for going in that direction so this is this is funny because i have a similar question oh all right your favorite band all time the go-to band like when you're having a good day bad day it's the one that you i have i have one and i'll explain after you answer you it's the one that you go to it's your go-to band not that like, i want to listen to like it's your go-to band uh i'd have a hard time picking between two well give me both of them then. uh iron maiden would be one and Soundgarden would be the other. Nice. Uh, two very different styles. It's actually funny because mine that I'm going to tell you is an offshoot of Soundgarden. So. Oh, what's that? Yeah, Audio Slave. Oh, oh, I should have. Duh. That's my absolute <laughs> go-to. Happy, sad, need something. Their catalog just gives me what I need. Yeah, there's something about uh, Chris Cornell that uh, I think is um, very satisfying. Deep. Yeah, he was an utter deep. He was. And, um, you know, he's he had range just like Bruce Dickinson's got range. So, again, different singing styles, different music. Not, not completely different musical styles, but different approaches. I, I, well, I think Soundgarden learned a ton from Iron Maiden. So They learned. I, you know, you listen to Soundgarden, and I think they, they're more in the mold of, like, Black Sabbath. They are just heavy and low and dark iron maiden's more like it's the yeah like a yeah, galloping no, no, horse I, I you know what it, i mean I feel, yeah it's there's so many i mean we could talk about you know 87 right. different bands from that genre <laughs> <True>. <laughs> I mean, that, that ch- changed or shaped how we think about music very true uh, uh it's my question now yes yes all right okay favorite wrestler of the 90s oh wow because if you i'm sure if i asked you favorite wrestler you'd say somebody from now that i have no yeah, idea who it is, yeah. so. no no that's it <laughs> there's a, there's a tie okay and it's because of it's because of wrestlemania 10 that we've talked about before oh okay it's sean and razor at the same time interesting i'm probably more of a scott hall fan than i am a sean fan but if you're talking 90s they were the two it was the showstopper and probably the smoothest mic worker ever <laughs> at the exact same time. And it was, it was, just, they, they both are, are huge in 
I still, I love the guys that emulate Shawn Michaels. That's how much I like Shawn Michaels. And I like, <laughs> I like what Razor gave to the, the business the same way. So yeah. I've, uh, I've had occasion to listen to some of Jim Cornette ranting and raving once in a while. And one, one uh, particular program he did had to do with leg slapping, which I think Michaels had a lot to do with. Oh yeah. he cre- Apparently it's too he, prevalent now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, he created, well, there's a, there's a funny Shawn Michaels story. I can tell you it was on a, on a documentary somehow, some way on WWE, they had a documentary and Triple H was, was uh, joking around about like someone doing his finisher or something and they were talking about it was the undertaker they were talking about how how Shawn michaels kicking out of the tombstone in hell in a cell at wrestlemania or whatever it was like 25 years in the making and Shawn michaels laughs and goes yeah just like they protected my finish <laughs> Everybody does Shawn Michaels finish. They do it as a setup move. They do it as an opening move. Like Shawn Michaels yeah. finisher back then has become a joke in the business. But they were talking about Taker's tombstone. Shawn kicking out was the first time anybody in 25 years ever kicked out of the tombstone. And that just, it was an iconic moment. And Sean's there laughing. He was like, yeah, just like my finisher. (laughs) (laughs) Every indie wrestler does Sean's finisher. But that's also how that's wrestling 101 right there. Was a good kick. Yeah, you grow, you grow and you, you create something new. True. Beautiful. All right. Next question for me. Yes. Uh, We'll go with, we'll go with this one next. Best competitor no matter what sport it is so it's it's a player all time in your entire life where when you saw it on the tv you were just like i have to i have to what whether it's a tennis match or a golf match it doesn't matter what badminton it doesn't matter like when that player or person was on that tv it was like you just invested your time into it Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, back in, uh, the late nineties, Mark McGuire was kind of that way for me, you know, when it, when he was at bat, I had to see it. Oh yeah. Um, and it turned out that was ruined, but, (laughs) um, I mean, we, we even, (laughs) we went to California, I guess it was 90 summer of 99. Uh, and we went to a Giants game, and they were playing the Cardinals, and I was excited because we were going to see McGuire. And he got thrown out in the fourth inning, arguing balls and strikes. So. Oh, nice! Because nice. um, you don't argue balls and strikes. Come on, now. come on. <laughs> but I, I, you know, that's that's probably the only instance I could think of of somebody because it's hard to do a local guy because I'm probably already watching it anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm already watching the Flyers. I'm already watching the Phillies. It's not like I'm flipping the channels. Oh, I got to see this. M- McGuire was kind of that way. Especially as he was getting close to 62 mm-hmm. in 98. It was like, oh, is he going to hit one? Very interesting. Very interesting. My, mine would be Tiger Woods. Really? Anytime, anytime he was he was playing in a tournament, like, I just had to watch him. Like, I, ne- I was just, it was something that, it's something I, I, I needed to see. You know what I mean? Like, because something cool was going to happen, almost. I, I just can't. I can play golf. I enjoy playing golf, but I cannot watch it. 
to save my life. Just no, because. I did, and he's the he's the he's the one that made me be able to watch it. I can't. I haven't watched it since. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, in the in you know, when he was on his run, when he was like, you know, winning champion, like I, that was one thing. Like I was, I had to stop and watch. So so it's kind of your fault. ESPN became like it did. <laughs> probably, 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 but we all or, had a little bit to do with. It's true. I mean, like, McGuire, like, McGuire was the same thing. Uh, you know, they were breaking in every time he was at bat. I know. Uh, all right, last question. I'm going totally off the wall. Will Ferrell is Harry Carey with this one. Nice. Uh, if you were to turn yourself into a food, which one would it be? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> A taco because they're delicious. A taco? Yes. Like a real taco. Not like a white not like a white person taco. Like <laughs> talking like marinated meat for like twenty four hours. Actually in- Indian food would be my way. I would go Indian food because it's so delicious. So you would turn yourself into Indian food? Yes. I, well I wanna be the I wouldn't be the nan bread that soups all I just wanna be the vehicle. Uh <laughs> so goddamn good. <laughs> Uh, would you eat yourself? Probably not. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> I'm nan bread. I don't even have a mouth. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just the vehicle of the good to, to scoop the goodness in. Oh, oh, so that's like it's like the chip into the salsa then. Yeah, I am. Oh. I'm, I'm trying to be humble. Mm, that, okay. is, that is me, hundred percent. All right. All right. Last question we have here. We know you've traveled a little bit. Where is the coolest place? You've traveled where you got there and you were just like, I'm hmm. glad I made this trip. Whether it's a work trip or not a work trip, it doesn't matter. Is you were just, you were happy you got that experience. Um, When I was in high school, we went to, I, or I went to Europe as part of a, um, a school trip. Um, it, was, it was two weeks over the summer. Uh, which ended poorly because I ended up getting sick in France and came home. I remember that. Ill. It was yeah, I lost like 15 pounds. It was horrible. Um, but I was really long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, nervous about going over there, uh, but when I finally got there and got to experience some of the things, um, you know, it I I had ended up having a really good time, other than the part where I was sick. Uh, and it was really cool. I was in places like Vienna, uh, beautiful. That was really cool. But um, so that story aside, I think probably the coolest place I can ever remember going where I thought, oh, this is awesome. It's probably Niagara Falls. Nice. Yeah, that was yeah. Niagara Falls. It's just it's so big and so awesome. And you get to go you get to go on the ship up real close and you get to walk behind the falls. Oh, that was just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was super cool. Oh, yeah. I have a great Niagara Falls story, not not to uh, not to interrupt, but I, I was done. It was cool. At, at that time, I was like 19 when I went, and I was big in the photography. Mm. I and it's, it's, it's only my parents knew the story because I was with them. Um, had the best pizza ever that trip, but I must have shot 19 rolls of film. Wow! To find out my camera was broken. Oh no! It had a crack in the frame that destroyed the light. So that entire trip is only memory. 
I oh. had 19 rolls of film that I wanted to. Yeah. What is it like overexposed or something? Yeah. Or yeah. oh, that is awful. All of it. Yeah, and for all those people listening, uh, film is a thing you used to have to put in your camera uh, <laughs> to take the pictures before digital image sensors, okay? If I would have went to Niagara Falls tomorrow, the iPhone would have handled all that bullshit. Yeah, I did not know, like cleaning the camera, like I was I was huge in the photography. I still am, but huge in photography. I was cleaning the camera. I was looking. I never saw the hairline mm. crack that caused... And it, it's, it's a sad moment, but, you know, oh, we move it, on and we, we, we can tell a story. Oh, oh way, to, way to bring us out on a downer, man. <laughs> Dude, I, I climbed out on a, no joke, and this was, this was literally my life with my parents. My mom's like, you probably shouldn't do that. My dad's like, fuck it. Um, I climbed out on a tree. <laughs> the Ontario before the fall this is like oh yeah yeah yeah. 12 miles we walked 12 miles this way and i wanted to get out of the tree because i how vast it was it was mm. so before it gets into the falls it kind of does this wide yeah it, it's very wide and then it it, it 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 gets very 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 small as it goes into the falls i wanted one picture of that because i wanted to put something together in photos to kind of show how the the, the river changes. Mm. And I climbed out there with that and took probably 12 great photos. I was very proud of myself. Never gonna say them. <laughs> gonna... Damn, damn. Did you, uh, did, you go, did you visit the locks at all while you were there? Yes, yes. Because that was cool to watch because because of the falls, you can't do a ship down the river. They have to go yep. through locks, which raise and lower the water. That was really cool. You know, you, they, you see it come in and they like close it off. Oh yeah. Drop the water level and yeah. then let it go. That was really neat. Yeah. We also did the, uh, me and my dad did the, the walk around the falls, like inside the falls. They had a, uh, Oh, the behind. Yeah. Behind. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was, that was really cool just to like be standing and like there's there there <laughs> actually i just remembered now the cooler part was you when you do the american side mm -hmm. they had the hurricane deck where you'd walk yeah. up and it, the yeah. balls are basically like smashing you in the face yes yeah, that was, was cool. that's such that's one of the coolest i've been to the grand canyon i've been to niagara falls i've been to both of them the grand canyon's cool but I don't think anything beats Niagara Falls as a, as a cool, and the fact that you get to go over, you just walk over to Canada and you get, well, as a young, as a young kid, you learn what money is and what the rate oh, yeah. is hard. Like you let, that's, they do such a good job there. Yes, they do. All right. Well, that wraps it up, John. Let's uh, hit him with, hit him in the face with some shameless plugs. <laughs> Where can people find us, man? So, uh, Clapper seems to love us. Uh, we're on TikTok. Uh, Twitter hates us. Uh, Facebook, Facebook Reels. You can find little short videos that bring us to... Our main YouTube channel. Uh, look for us, Two Noobs Talking. Uh, like, share, subscribe. We're, we want to get to 100 subscribers so that we can give you a URL that actually makes sense and isn't just youtube.com slash 534A say jk87652 uh that wasn't the actual way, we url grabbed, we, we grabbed two subscribers on youtube as we we're doing this 
Wow. Yeah, we're Dude. growing. We're gr growing is showing. Let's get to 100. Hit that hit that subscribe button in the face. I like th hitting things in the face. It's a lot we'll, of we'll throw a subscribe button that will be punched or something. Uh, up it's, it's totally ironic that we say that's great after that Ranger fan. But yeah. anyway, uh, on the audio side. Punch that subscribe <laughs> on the audio side, John, where can people get it? Get Spotify it? sucks. Uh, we're on Apple, iHeart, Google, um steve you got any other ones <laughs> amazon music amazon music we're all over the place if you type in t-o-o -O, noobs talking or t-w-o noobs talking you can pull us up on literally any device we are googleable 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 absolutely well that takes care of episode 89. It is in the can. John, you got anything uh, final you want to tell our listeners, like the name of that zoo or anything? Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Armadillo Zoo. Uh, oh, the Armadillo was the thing that was lying dead at the beginning of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, by the way, that is, that is a thing in Texas. You normally do not drive on a highway without seeing one. That a dead, dead armadillo? They seem they seem to like to try to cross the road. Um, they don't do a very good job of it. I've never seen a live one, but I've seen probably a hundred dead ones. <laughs> Weird. Uh, well, all right. For Mr. Tracy, I am Steve Murray reminding you to look both ways before you cross the highway. Yes. See you next week, episode 90. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. That's a great question. What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be